Remember, remember the 5th of November, the gunpowder treason and plot. I know of no reason why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. Are we episode four now? Uh, yes, we are episode four. Okay. Yeah. They said it wouldn't last. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, welcome to episode four uh, of the She Watchables podcast. And they Which said brings us all the way into last. November. <laughs> it does. And we've saved this one, haven't we? We were going to do this as our second. Um, yeah. and, then, and then we had the bright idea to save it and make it a bit more topical. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so what's what's this month's film? This month's film is 2005 graphic novel turned into a fantastic film, V for Vendetta. Fabulous. Uh, which yeah. is popping up all over social media for all kinds of reasons at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly mostly the quotes which we'll uh, <laughs> which we'll get back yeah. to which is strangely prescient. But yeah, it's a 2005 film directed by James McTeague. And you know what? In my sloppy mm-hmm. research, I haven't actually checked out if he has done anything since. Well, I don't know if um, you have. Yeah, I, I can come through on the research here. Awesome. Uh, so he also directed The Raven in 2012, so sort of gothic horror. Oh, okay. I've never, I've not got around to watching it, actually, The Raven. I've heard but of it. It did look really good from the trailer. So yeah, The Raven. And he, did, he was. Um, Artistic director on the Matrix as well. That's right. Yeah, yeah, it was. Which um, which shows on this yeah. film? Yeah, definitely. It does. Yeah, so I think it was he an assistant director on the Matrix, which was also written by the Wachowskis. Which will say the Wachowskis, mm-hmm. so as to avoid any controversy. They're always the Wachowskis. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the Wachowski siblings. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, there's the connection. Um, so yeah, it's an adaptation of the Alan Moore graphic novel, um, which we're probably not allowed to say. I probably have to bleep out the bit where I say Alan Moore, because uh, <laughs> we'll bird song it. <laughs> we'll bird song it. Uh, yeah, so we started writing it in 1981, apparently, on the Isle yeah. of Wight. Wow. Why would you be? Have you ever been to the Isle of Wight? Yeah, it's you know, it's it's not pretty. Wrong with the Isle of Wight. It is pretty. Yeah, there's so, nothing dystopian uh, about it. <laughs> I know. Except well, maybe got the, the, the idea cost for of this. The oh yeah, maybe. Uh, and he finished it in 1989, writing the the graphic novel. So um, yeah, took him so, a little while. So he he says his argument uh, really is that he wrote it in the 80s about the 80s, mm-hmm. uh, and so there's themes about Thatcherism and such, and yeah. he feels that those themes were missed from the the film. Really? Um, apparently, yeah, yeah. Oh, apparently, okay. it feels like it was written about Britain in the eighties, and he feels like the film is more to do with the situation in America at the time, um, and he felt like it was a cop out. I'm not. I, right. I don't think I agree, but uh, no, that was. Um, I was going to come back to this later, but you know what? Let's do it now. I can understand why he had an issue with people adapting his work. Yeah, um, because in two thousand and one, uh, from hell was made into a film with Johnny Depp, mm-hmm. which was okay. Would yeah, you say? I think it. Yeah, I think it got average. Yeah, yeah, average reviews from people. You know, not rave reviews. Followed in two thousand and three by uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which I have to say is in my bottom ten. Films, <laughs> I which I've never it on written DVD. out. I, you haven't. You... I, no, I did. I did when it came out. I did. Had you seen it at the point where you bought the DVD? No, I just bought it. I think oh, it was like three okay. pound in HMV, and I bought that's it. That's fine. Um, that's fine because full disclosure, I own um, Pirates of the Caribbean three, um, <laughs> which I hadn't Somebody's seen at the to. time. You know, so we all make mistakes. Yeah. But yeah, uh, we do. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is a terrible film. It's, yeah, it's really not good. I, I actually saw a, a little bit of it again. They were showing it on TV a few months ago. Oh, uh, I and I watched it... just a few minutes of it, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, it's switch this off." Bad. It'll so probably poor. resurface with the uh, the sad passing of Sean Connery oh, as well. Yeah, so that'll true. probably turn up. But yeah. you know, much as much as we all love Sean Connery, I'm still not going to watch League of Extraordinary Gentlemen again. It's Mm-mm. it's dreadful. No. So, so you many can best see, ways to honour him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can see why um, why Alan Moore was a little bit hesitant 
about uh-huh. uh, about V for Vendetta being made into a, a film. But um, the illustrator uh, David Lloyd um, had no such qualms. He because um, mm-hmm. obviously he's listed on the credits uh, as being one of the creators. And to be fair, um, reading a little bit more about the graphic novel, it sounds like David Lloyd did come up with a lot of the ideas. Right. Um, oh. You know, in terms of the Guy Fawkes mask. So, uh, you know, a lot of the things that you see on screen have come from David Lloyd, so fair enough. Yeah. So, uh, it, so yeah, it's, uh, it's an adaptation. There is something else in the pipeline as well, um, just incidentally, called The Show. I don't know if you've heard about this. I did a little bit of no, uh, sloppy no, research earlier on. There's a, there's a new film coming out called The Show, and that's been written, that the screenplay has been written by Alan Moore. So oh. that will be interesting. Right, that, see that is if, interesting. Is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. To see if he writes a screenplay, can he do any better than the adaptations that have come out? Uh, has Has Alan Moore ever written, I mean, this might be a silly question, has he ever written any other screenplays? Footnote. Alan Moore wrote a number of shorts between 2012 and 2014, none of which seem to be available to watch. So we'll just have to guess as to their quality. I don't think so, because I think I, he has just literally yeah. written the, the, the graphic novels. And I thought he was always like just like super-duper snobby about exactly. anything TV film-related. Yeah, yeah. But I think, to be fair, mind. as a result of, of poor adaptations. And then, yeah. of course, we've got uh, after, after V for Vendetta, we had Watchmen in 2009, Yay. which I personally think is an improvement on the graphic Am I allowed to say that? The ending, yes. the ending is... Much more satisfying. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and less absolutely. Silly. Watchmen's also worth a rewatch. It is. Uh, we can yeah. probably, yeah, we can probably make that work because of Alan Moore. Because it's a British, <laughs> we can do it. <laughs> I'm sure we can. <laughs> there are well, our this, rules. We can bend them as we want. There are our rules. That's <laughs> the point of having them. <laughs> we saw that we can bend them. Um, so it's got an IMDb score of 8.2, which I think may be the highest one we've done so far. Oh, I feel like it should be higher. Do you think? I, oh, I always gosh, think yeah. I always think anything over eight, I'm happy about. I'm, I'm, I'm well, going to yeah. be happy about watching anything over eight. Yeah, you can't please everybody. Like, you know, eight point two is a great score, but I I just adore this film. It's always in my top ten. It oh, never really? leaves the top ten. It it's, never it's, leaves it. Wow, that's never. impressive. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those films where you see it on. ITV2 or yeah. Five Star or whatever, and it doesn't matter whereabouts in the film it is. You just go, yeah, and just watch a little bit of Eva Vendetta. Yeah. And you can guarantee you're going to come in somewhere just brilliant. Cause the, yeah. There isn't... Just skip into the... Is there somewhere you can fast forward for me? <laughs> no. <laughs> None I, of it is fast forwardable. I, I, I feel that it, it lags a little bit. Um, yeah. In the, the the beginning of the third act, I get a little bit, mm, you know, I feel like it could be tightened up, like the Rookwood bit. The Rookwood maybe. bit, yeah, pretty Is much. I've actually written think? down yeah. Rookwood, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rookwood and, and the part where Finch goes off to uh, to Lark Hill and such. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always feel like that could be. We could lose a bit there. But, yeah, uh, I suppose it's it's necessary because it's just. It's spelling it out a little bit for the audience. Yes, it's, it's, it's bit, like going... it's exposition. It's proper battle yeah, exposition. Yeah, yeah, it but is. I still like it. Yeah, there's not much. Yeah. There's not much flab in it. But yeah, mm-hmm. I reckon like every like every other film these days, I reckon it could lose ten fifteen minutes. Yeah, you could get it down to a two hour film instead of a two hour thirteen minute or something. I think you could. Yeah, yeah, um, but. Um, Oh, first viewing I've got written down, which I think was probably Sydney World in St Helens. But the the mm-hmm. what I was going to say is, yeah, what, do you remember when you first saw it? But also, had you already read the graphic novel? I hadn't read the graphic novel. I only right. read that as a result of watching the film. Right. Um, and I can't remember. I know it was a cinema when I went yeah. to watch it. I can't remember where. No, it was I can't. to be well, honest. Around about this era, I always think, I think it's, it's going to be. It's going to be Cine World. Yeah, I, I feel like mine was probably Cine World because I would have been living back over this way I, then. And It certainly wasn't a, a kind of outhouse cinema outing. Mm-hmm. So we've discussed why we've, uh, why we've allowed it as a British film. 
um, <laughs> despite being uh, directed and written by Americans. Uh, <laughs> with uh, it, it was the, the the source material was written uh-huh. by uh, by two Brits, and it's a British German co production, I believe. Oh, because a lot of it was filmed in Germany. Oh, uh, so, so you have done your homework a little bit, yeah, a little, bit. <laughs> <laughs> not very much. So yes, it's definitely allowed as a British mm. film, and we've got um, a lot of British stars. Oh, mega British cast. Yeah. So a lot of them are people uh, who I put in the "What's he been in?" category. <laughs> yeah. Which can just yeah, ruin you go a on film, IMDb. They've got like fifty credits for TV dramas, and you Definitely. go, "Oh yeah, 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 I remember him in that." Yeah, they've all been in the Bill or mm-hmm. Doctor Who or Casualty at yeah. some point. That makes it incredibly British. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> uh, one scene apparently was shot in Chicago. I'm not sure which scene, but that oh. just sounds like that just sounds like an excuse for a jolly, doesn't it? Yeah, why not? You <laughs> definitely need to shoot this one scene in Chicago. <laughs> Footnote: According to IMDb, one of the underground scenes was filmed in Chicago. One can only assume that that was a reshoot, as we're not short of underground stations in London. Also, mini cheddars. They have mini cheddars in the pub, which to me makes it a British film, uh, regardless of where they filmed it. Mini cheddars in the pub? Yes. That's what I've written down. I've written down oh. that there were mini cheddars in the pub. Oh, okay. I miss the mini cheddars. So that's def- it's definitely British. And also, there's, <laughs> there's a, a huge amount of... Um, well, not a huge amount, but there's some very British swearing in it. I, I, I like it when, when they don't um, Americanise uh bad language yeah there's a there's a, a, a lot of bad language in it that um uh, refers to male genitalia mm-hmm. that's you know yeah. that's the kind of it's, it's very british it is british it is <laughs> apart, um, from a, apart from a couple of words i was just gonna say there's yeah <laughs> are we on nitpicks already <laughs> uh, <laughs> i think we can do british nitpicks in this section can't we okay think? british nitpicks yeah so, yeah, so at one point in the film, there is a lever. It's definitely a lever. It's a very important lever. But one of the characters who, well, it's Finch, the police officer. It is. The policeman officer. The policeman um, officer. <laughs> yeah, Finch refers to it as a lever. I'd never really, like, noticed this great before, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, credit my friend... Chris Neary and his dad for picking up on this, uh, but I know that it's something that a lot of other people have picked up on. It's when it's inexplicable. It. Well, it, it really is, is because the character's British, but it's played by a guy who's actually Northern Irish. Yeah. And I checked with one of my Northern Ireland friends, and they would also say lever. That's be- not absolutely lever. bizarre. So it is an odd thing for him to say. It's as if he's been directed to say it that way. Yeah, but, but when why? somebody says it earlier on, it's it, it's lever. Yeah, I think Evie says it. Yeah, um, and definitely says lever. Yeah, it's very strange. So it's very. The other thing that I noticed in uh, rewatching it um, yeah. is uh, elevator. Elevator. Two, yeah, two characters refer to a lift as an elevator. <laughs> it's okay. a lift. Um, that was that was Finch. One of, one of them was Finch, and uh, Rupert Graves as well. He um, right. He calls the lift an elevator. That's got to be for American audiences. Yeah, I'm just really surprised that it wasn't kind of picked up. Yeah. Because, as I said, that you know they, they don't Americanize the the swearing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of British phrases in it, so you'd think someone at some point would have just gone, uh, "We we we don't do that here." Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's not a, how it's, it's a done. lift. That's not how we say it. But. Um, it's, uh, what, 90, 90% British? We're going with 90% yeah. British, yeah. 90%. That sounds fair. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> so the cast is mostly British. Mm-hmm. Um, Natalie Portman is... Uh, she was born in Israel. Yeah. And Hugo Weaving is Australian. Is he? I think his parents are British, but he was brought he up was... in Australia. 
He was born in Nigeria, apparently. That's that's right. Yes, to English yeah. parents, but then was brought but up then in brought Australia. Up in... That's right. right. Thank you. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure where. That. I'm not sure where that makes him from. I'm not sure what it says on his passport. Well, before I started, well, as I started doing a bit of research, um, I had in my head that Hugo Weaving was Australian. Yeah. And then when I looked, and it said that he had uh, British parents, but he was born in Nigeria. I was like, oh, I could have sworn he was Australian. Yeah, I think so he spent most it. of his so life in, in Australia. Australia. Yes, yeah, right. then that's right. Oh, okay. Nice. So, International uh, man of mystery. Exactly, yeah. And, of course, he's great as V, but, and I'm sure mm-hmm. you've, you've uncovered this in your, um, in your research, um, he wasn't the original V. Oh, okay. I hadn't uncovered that. Oh, see, the Who origi- was original V? The original V was uh, James Purefoy. Oh. Who you may or may not know. I, I am a huge I fan. I recognise the name. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of James Pugh. He doesn't do very much these days, but mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan. He, I suppose his biggest role, he played Mark Antony in Rome, uh, the oh, BBC. Right. okay. Uh, he was very, very good in that. Um, mm-hmm. He was also in uh, a fairly terrible film called Solomon Kane, which I don't necessarily suggest that you check out. But uh, Vaguely remember that. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan, and I, I'm... I've, quite interested to see what what he would have done so what's the, the story with him he, he filmed v? i think he filmed about a month and um couldn't get on with the mask just couldn't get on with the oh. i don't know whether he couldn't get on with wearing it or whether mm-hmm. he um didn't want his face to just not be seen throughout the whole film because yeah. in all fairness it's it's quite a it's a big thing for an actor to do an entire film and no one actually unless yeah. you're interested no one mm-hmm. sees you. Nobody knows who you are. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, whether it was to do with exposure or whether it was to do with comfort, I don't know. But the issue was was with the mask. Footnote: In 2017, James Purefoy set the record straight on Twitter. He says he left the project because of creative differences, and not because, as Joel Silver has stated, his voice wasn't menacing enough. So yeah. he's actually still in some of the scenes. Right. Some of the scenes Oh, that's interesting. Are, exactly, yeah. And um, uh, the director says that he can tell. <gasps> I want to know exactly which know. scenes now. I do, yeah. because when I was watching it um, a couple of days ago, I was in absolute awe at Hugo Weaving, thinking, like, you, he's so amazing at emoting. Yes. Through that mask. Yeah. Like, he, you know, he does it all with his voice obviously but then he does it with like his body language his gestures and and it's almost as if the mask face changes with i think it actually does saying i think think there were a a few different slightly different masks right but i know i know what you mean yeah it's just with the little tilt of the head or yeah that with with the body language he does seem to when he starts to laugh it's like he actually the mask almost takes on a more like hysterical laughter sort of look and definitely but i just thought you know like that's just your mind listening to his voice and, I think and watching lot... his movements and things yeah fair play to him i think a lot of that is but yeah i think they made they made a, a, a couple of different masks just to give it slightly and lit it differently as well mm-hmm. so it's quite an achievement really isn't it it is to make such a fleshed out character yeah um who actually doesn't really have any facial expressions yeah, like you just never never see it change, really. No. Yeah, it's impressive. Oh, I definitely need to try and find out which scenes are... Uh, I know, I don't think he'll ever reveal him. that. I don't oh. know. Maybe some proper mega geek with like loads of time on the hands have gone through frame <laughs> by frame and tried to figure it out. Maybe they've got a theory, so Possibly. I've got to have to Google that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, other search further, engines are available for further for further research. <laughs> so, who's your uh, who's your MVP? I found this quite hard, really, to to decide. Yeah. So, V is ob- is, is the obvious choice. You know, it's kind of his story. Everything looks to be happening because of him mm-hmm. in the film. But then, I kind of want to make an argument for Valerie. Okay, just just a curveball, just, just to be throw different. it out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know me; I have to yeah. be a bit random. <laughs> because without Valerie, 
would V have just given up and crumbled in... Wow. Like, is it Larkhill? Larkhill, Lark yeah. Would, would he have just, like, you know, lost his will, had all the fight beaten out of him? You know, it's reading Valerie's story that yeah. kind of gave him some fire to to continue to carry on. You know, you could make it's an a, argument for Valerie. It's a good argument, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and really, she does the same for, for Eva. Yeah, she does, yeah. That's it. You see that transformation yeah. with Eva. She's, she's broken. She's being tortured to death slowly um, yeah and it, and it's valerie's story that gives her hope and um, makes her realize there's something to live for and something to fight for and so v got that when he was in lark hill mm-hmm. so yeah i could could maybe make an argument for valerie you could i suppose it depends on your definition um mm-hmm. what we're actually what uh, criteria we have yeah. for mvp she is Arguably, yeah, I think you're right. The MVP of the story, mm-hmm. whether she's the MVP of the movie, yeah, maybe not the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's What's also an thought? argument. There's an argument to be made for the uh, for the little glasses girl. I think. Oh, um, yeah, that's, she's, <laughs> that's, she's credited as little glasses girl. She doesn't even yeah. have a name. She's uh, played by uh, Billy Cook, who mm-hmm. uh, hasn't done any any further acting but um i just love the way that she's just throughout the film mm-hmm. um and uh and yeah she, she 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 gets her big sweary moment and then she gets a graffiti moment yeah and then the tragedy and then you <sighs> see her again at the end i know um you know this is something think... else that's so good about the film is that nothing's clear cut is it it's like does she get shot by that man, uh, what, what, is she there at the end in a mask? Exactly. Yeah. What is the bit at the end? Is it is it just a is is it just a, a metaphor? Mm-hmm. Feel like it is. I think bit. it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think so because we see quite a few characters, don't we? That that yeah. have definitely bit the dust during but the course when she of the gets, film. When she gets shot earlier on as well, is that just Finch sort of thinking Imagining, things yes. through? Yeah. Obviously, he doesn't know her, but. You know, is that just to visualise what his thoughts are? Or yeah. is that actually what happens at that time? Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, is... yeah, little glasses girl, good argument. She's, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I know she doesn't really move the story on, but she's like the... Mm-hmm. She's the every person, isn't she? She's the, the person mm-hmm. caught up in this, watching it on the TV and, and then going out and taking some action. Yeah. Um, but it's difficult to not give it to V, really. It's yeah, difficult I mean, to not make it the MVP, <laughs> the, the <laughs> definitive uh, uh, V for valuable. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but every you know, it's, it's an ensemble cast as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is. It's it's a it's a good solid cast. It is. Yeah. I, I'm even a, I'm a fan of uh, Finch as well of Stephen Rees character. Mm-hmm. Because again, he's he's the kind of Basil exposition. He's he's us, isn't he? Yeah. He's going along explaining it all and investigating. Mm-hmm. I lose a bit of patience with him when, when he when he goes to Larkhill. Because yeah. I don't think that's as well explained as it is in the book. But uh, it, Yeah, I know what you mean. I think they're kind of stuck in the film between wanting to sort of make sure everyone gets it yes. and, and is following the plot. Yeah. But then they don't want to dumb it down either. No. Too much. No. So, no, true. You know, I like the Larkhill bit. But I could see why it could be lost as well. I'm going to bring in a geographical nitpick at this point. Hey, um, just, just like because them? I think this should be a new feature. <laughs> this should be a new feature. Uh, <laughs> so, like, where's Wally? <laughs> exactly. So, like an idiot, um, they mentioned that um, Larkhill is ten miles north of Salisbury. Mm-hmm. So I thought, I'm going to Google map this. I'm going to look. <laughs> what is 10 miles north of Salisbury? Whereabouts, where, where are we talking here? And do you, know, do you know what You know what village is 10 miles north of Salisbury? Don't say Wells. <laughs> Lark Hill. Oh, I wish okay. it was Wells. It's Lark Hill. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a real oh. place. And there's a, okay. um, there's a Royal School of Artillery there. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, maybe this was based on a real place. And then, yeah, so I'd worked all this out using Google Maps like an idiot um, mm-hmm. and then uh, read 
something that Alan Moore had written saying that, oh, yeah, he did base it at Larkhill because it's a real place and for for, yeah. for kind of personal reasons. And I thought, oh, oh yeah, I could have figured that out so much easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the point <laughs> is, it's near Salisbury. So yeah. in the film, Finch goes there in an evening. Right. And has this whole, you know, transl- transcendental experience uh-huh. and then comes back. Um, in the book, he takes an awful lot longer over it, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. It's, it's explained in a lot more detail, and I think there's LSD involved. Um, yes. But, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I have an issue with him driving all the way to Lark Hill in an evening and back again. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Maybe he just absolutely floors it. He must do. I mean, it's, it's like no a, wonder he's, like... he's a bit sleepy and confused the following day. Really. <laughs> uh, drugs or no drugs. He's been driving yeah. all night. Yeah, I like this new section. Yes. Pedance Geography Corner. <laughs> so we've done cast and MVP. We're not we're, we're getting we're, we're not getting anywhere very quickly, are we? Uh, we're, we're detouring <laughs> all over the place, but we uh, are, we are. So we've done we've done cast and MVP. I um, did have a little uh, mind blank moment when we were talking about MVP because my brain suddenly went to V being MVP just for his lines. Like, he is the most quotable oh, goodness, out of yes. the whole film. But then that thought quickly went out of my brain and I just went, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I was thinking originally. V, also, argument, MVP, because he has the best lines. He does have the best lines, yeah. Yeah. So, Most of which are taken from the, from the novel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can't fault the novel for... For some of the quotes out of it, yeah, you know, you can see why they took heavily from the from the novel, definitely for for the screenplay because it it is pretty pretty impressive some of the writing. It is, yeah. Even definitely. reading it just gives you like a bit of a shudder, you know, like a oh yeah, that hits a nerve. It does, you know. Yeah, people especially... shouldn't be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Indeed, this is what uh-huh. I've seen this a lot on social media <laughs> at the moment. I can't imagine also, why. Also, um, let, let's do favourite lines and can you use them in real life? That one, yes, mm-hmm. I think you can use that in real life at the moment. Yeah, people yeah, are doing. Absolutely. Um, another one that I like is artists use lies to tell the truth. Politicians use them to cover it up. Uh-huh. I like that. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, very good. Uh, Our job is to report the news, not fabricate it. That's the government's that's job. That's the government's job. <laughs> so yeah, also favorite. a belter. Alan Moore <laughs> really doesn't like the government. I think that's fairly clear. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, he didn't yeah. like the government it's, in the 1980s, which, to be fair, was a fairly popular like viewpoint. Yeah. There's still lots of that going around these days. There is, yeah. My favourite line of these has got to be, what you have are bullets and the hope that when your guns are empty, I'm no longer standing. That's a great And then line. Yeah. he basically takes a shed load of bullets off everybody and then stands up and goes, my turn. <laughs> <laughs> it's it like, is. yes. It's, it's great because it has got some of the subtleties, as we were saying uh-huh. before about the, the, the dialogue. It's got a lot of subtleties from the graphic novel, but it's also got that matrix sensibility, that action sensibility, it hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He is, is a grammar Nazi, actually. Yes. He is a grammar Nazi, he loves it. Yeah. Footnote. V isn't that much of a grammar Nazi. I see no reason why gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. Surely that should be forgotten. I know English was different in the 17th century, but still... Nothing wrong with that. I have no issue. He's a good pedant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, endlessly quotable. England prevails and strength through unity and unity mm-hmm. through faith. Obviously, mm-hmm. those are quotes from, from the other side. Oh, and the, the one I've th- got on my wrist as well. God is in the rain. I know. I was going oh, yeah, to bring that up. Yeah. Which I don't, I don't think is in the graphic novel. I think it's just from the film. I may be wrong. Uh, she... Evie in the graphic novel mentions it very, very early on in the in the novel. Right, like, okay. So it's not in the same something. place as it no, is in the, no. in the film. Right, no. okay. It doesn't 
Yeah, I think in the graphic novel it's like really, really, really close towards the beginning. And then obviously yeah. in the film it's like part of her transformation. Yeah, it's part of the, the Valerie story, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Evie Reborn. Yeah. Oh, it's so impressive in the film though. It is. I, I never, ever, ever tire of watching that chunk of the film. Like, Yeah. It's so powerful and the music in it as well is just... Ah, oh, spine tingling. And it's the, the juxtaposition between um, Evie being reborn in the rain mm-hmm. and V being reborn in, in fire. Yeah. And you've got those two uh, it, those yeah. two scenes, haven't you, that they put together. Yeah, it looks so, impressive. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't see me ever getting a, a tattoo of a, a line from a film. <laughs> I, I was giving this some, some thought earlier on. Uh, what would, yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I had to, what, uh, what would I have? Um, I don't know, maybe put the bunny back in the box. <laughs> That'd <laughs> be a great one. That. that would be a great one. But, uh, but yeah, well done to you for going for that one. Oh, yeah, it's a lo- lovely line. Yeah. Not planning on getting mm-hmm. any more uh, movie quotes? I've got a couple, haven't I? I've got, a, I've got a few. I've got some Lord of the Rings. Oh, that's true. As yeah, well. Yeah. yeah. And I do like my wordy tattoos, so... There's yeah. There's always a possibility of more. Always room for more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully there's always room for more. Eventually, I might run out of space. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, I was uh, I was just listening to. Apparently, other podcasts are available. I think that's a ridiculous idea, but I was listening to another podcast uh, earlier on, which was speaking about Gladiator and the quote, um, "What we do in life echoes in eternity." Mm-hmm. And I thought that'd make a good tattoo, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would make that a would good be a tattoo. good one. But, yeah. yeah, I don't think I'll be doing that anytime soon. Oh, the whole first uh, V speech I've written down, um, yeah. not exactly quotable. It's an excellent no. speech. <gasps> it but, is an excellent uh, speech. It's not exactly quotable and you can't use it in real life. But uh, You couldn't it say fabulous. it fast either. No, you really couldn't. So uh, we, we've, we've gone completely all over the place, haven't we? We haven't even we done. Yeah. We haven't even done how many degrees of Richard Curtis and I've got like several of these. Yeah, I did a couple. I've done a couple. Go for it. We'll see if we've got got any of the same. Okay. Right, so my first one is uh, Hugo Weaving. Right. Who's in the abomination that is The Hobbit. Oh, goodness, yes. (laughs) With Martin Freeman. Yeah. Who was in Love Actually. Yes. Written, directed by Richard Curtis. That's interesting because I've got Rupert Graves played Lestrade in Sherlock. With Martin Freeman, ah, okay, who was in yeah, Love Actually, course. written by Richard Curtis. Oh, I miss very that one. incestuous. Yeah, very. Mm-hmm. And then I went. I tried to do something a little bit different. So I've got Tim Piggott Smith. So awesome. he plays Creedy. Creedy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, terrifying. Terrible. Terrifying person. is Creedy. Uh, he was in Johnny English. <laughs> <laughs> the favourite <laughs> film of, of a, a mutual friend of ours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, Johnny English, obviously the star of Johnny English, Rowan Atkinson. Yes. Um, Rowan Atkinson was in Blackadder, Four Weddings at a Funeral. Quite right. Four yeah. Weddings and a Funeral. And a Funeral. Not yeah. at a Funeral. <laughs> uh, obviously, links to Richard Curtis. Uh, Very so they're good. mine. They're what I did. Go on. I've also got the Wachowskis directed Cloud Atlas, mm. um, which I love. I know I'm the only yeah, one. Yeah, it's but... great. Um, oh really? Oh yeah, you, you yeah, like no, it too? I loved it. Yeah, yeah. A friend of mine lent me the Blu-ray like a few years ago, and yeah, it's a long film. It is obviously, but it never gets boring. No, it's great. I thought loved it was it. only me that liked that. So. No, it's like a, it's like a better, more improved The Fountain. I think. Yeah, there's an argument because it's kind of, it feels a bit similar. It is, yeah. That's got similar. I prefer things. Cloud Atlas. Yeah, yeah. I think Cloud. Cloud Atlas is great. It also featured uh, Hugh Grant mm-hmm. in an almost unrecognisable role, who was in Four yeah. Weddings and a Funeral, written by Richard mm-hmm. Curtis. And my last one, John Hurt, who plays Adam Sutler, was in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy as Yay. Control. Oh, that'd be That's a good one film. to do. That would be a good one to do. On the Put list. That on the list, Tick. yeah. Um, as Control with Colin Firth, who he plays Jamie in Love Actually, which was directed by Richard Curtis. Yeah. So there it all go. comes back to Richard Curtis in the end. <laughs> every every British or semi-British film comes back to Richard Curtis. 
Yeah, so that makes it very British. It does. All those yeah. connections. It does. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's your favourite scene? I know you said that you like all the scenes, but what's your well, favourite? I think my favourite scene is the showdown between V and Creedy. Right. And his men. Um, yes, yeah. I love, I love the Evie Reborn scene as well. Yes. When she realises what V's done to her. And, yeah. you know, she transforms into this, like, hardened, you know, human being that's, like, ready for fighting and, you know, it's great. But, and, and she looks yeah. great with a shaved head. Oh, my word, I know. Don't yeah, you, don't you just wish amazing. that you had the, the same shape head as uh, Natalie Portman? <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> particularly during this time of lockdown, when you you would have no issues, you just get your, get your dubbers out. I came so close to that a few months ago, just shaving all my hair off. When I was in between short hair and bobbed hair, I was like, yeah. oh, I've had enough of this. I, very, I came very close to shaving my hair, but yeah. then I thought, no, you will not look like Natalie Portman in Keeper Vendetta. No. Forget no, sadly, it. few of us will. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think if I had to pick between the two, it would be the the, fa- the finale. It's a great fight. Yeah. Wow. It, it, it reminds me, it puts me in mind of... Um, I don't know if you've seen the original Old Boy. I've not. I've Have not, you seen the remake? No. no. Yeah, don't watch that. No, oh, but I haven't the, seen the re- remake. <laughs> the remake um, actually popped up on one of the film groups this morning. Oh, Somebody really? saying, if you have never seen this, you need to watch it. It is a masterpiece. And I thought... The remake? I'm sure... Yeah. Wow. Um, and I was thinking, I'm sure the original is supposed to be like so, 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 so much better. I haven't and then seen it the remake me that I because, need to watch it. yeah, but, but just because the the original is so good. Footnote: I can only apologise for all the rustling in the background. That'll be Stewie, the one-eyed wonder cat. You'll hear him make an appearance again later when he biffs me in the face. I don't mm-hmm. see what's to be gained from watching the remake. But I'd be interested to see what they do with the ending because the original ending is not Hollywood. Right, I'll, okay. I'll just say that. Um, cool. So I'd be interested to see what they do with it. But um, that's not Hollywood. It's not The original one isn't a Hollywood film. That could maybe go on the list, although yeah, I'm not uh, sure quite how rewatchable it is. But, uh, but yeah, there's a, there's a very, uh, very good fight uh, in the original uh, Old Boy where mm-hmm. our character just goes down a corridor, just taking on bad guy after bad guy, with a hammer, I think. Just oh, wow. with, armed with nothing but a hammer and just dispatches them all. It's a fabulous messy. fight scene. It's just a really good fight scene. <laughs> they put the, that fight scene at the end of FIFA Vendetta just puts me in mind of it. Um, uh-huh. You know, he's just taking on one after one after one with uh, yeah. uh, with just his knives. Yeah. Is, uh, and he's yeah. just been shot half to death as well yes so which i think brings me on to is it a bit far-fetched <laughs> yes a no. bit. some bits maybe it's a comic book film yeah so it's gonna be far-fetched yeah and even when you su- sort of superheroes not entirely super mm-hmm. they still usually do have extra capabilities on what yes like your average vigilante has so yeah like batman yeah or like kick-ass yes i always keep coming back to kick-ass at the minute you do i think i need to watch it again i know i know i think i might need to watch it again but yeah he wouldn't survive that hail of bullets i'm I'm not i'm not having it even surely they just shoot him in the head as well yeah, they're well. They're all a bit stormtrooper-esque, aren't they? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're a bit, a bit, ru- a bit rubbish, really, yeah. with the guns. Aim straight at his chest. There's no yeah. way he'll have a, a bulletproof vest on or anything. Yeah, don't don't <laughs> take him out with a headshot, whatever you do. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a bit far fetched, but we don't mind. No, we don't. Um, <laughs> the bit, so far fetched and a nitpick. Okay. Like, how does one man relay underground tracks like railway <laughs> tracks? <laughs> and and I want to know. Point. I want like because he said that it's taken him like almost ten years yes. to relay the tracks. Yeah. So how much track did he have to relay? How did he do it on his own? 
Yeah. Where like, did he get the uh, the equipment from? Yeah. How has he done that without anybody noticing? Yeah, that's that's a, that's, that's a far fetched nitpick for me. That is quite a biggie. Yeah. Yeah. Cause and it's also, quite a- I mean, has he tested this train out yet? Because surely that would make a bit of noise. You know, that people would yeah. notice, hold on, there's a train going on the underground and that's been closed for, like, 20 years or however long it is. So, you know, he's, he's put this big, massive master plan together where he's going to blow up Parliament using a train on an underground track that he's laid himself. How does he know it works? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could just stop <laughs> 10 yards down the line, couldn't oh, it? you'd be gutted. Which would be a It'd massive derail. anticlimax. Yeah, it would. Imagine if you were Evie and you pulled the lever. The lever. The lever or the lever. <laughs> um, and it gets round the corner and next minute you just hear it go <laughs> and like just fall off the track. You'd be like, oh, V. Oh, V. What have we Not done? I thought it through. <laughs> no. Yeah. Maybe I've no, thought that's... about this too much. That's fair enough. Well, no, I think you make a very good point. And if that station's been closed down for so long, then why, <laughs> why are the tracks still powered? Also that. Yeah. Yeah, you would think the whole place that. would just be shut down. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a comic book film. <laughs> it is. So. <laughs> so it has to be a bit far-fetched. <laughs> yeah. We have to suspend our disbelief a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is there any running? I seem to think there was a little bit of running. I think the only but bit of running... I'm thinking about it, I can't remember. The only bit of running that I could find was um, the, the Benny Hill running on the... Uh, Dietrich oh, show. yeah, of course. That's uh, that's the only bit I could With pinpoint. With yakety sack. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't think there is an awful lot of running elsewhere. Maybe a uh, little girl with glasses. True. She does a bit of running too. She does, yeah, she does. Yeah. There's no competitive running. Mm-mm. And uh, no. is there any good food? Oh, eggy in a basket. What the juice is eggy in a basket? <laughs> Who makes slice, eggs like that? Come on, a slice of toast with a hole cut out of the middle and then fried with an egg in that hole. That's that's pretty cool. It, cool? It's insane. Just put your egg on top of the bread. <laughs> who, ha- who makes eggs like that? And what do you do with the circle of toast that you've cut that's out? That's what worried me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can't... But waste... We're in a dystopian future. We can't Crazy. be wasting rounds of toast. It it is a bit bizarre though. Mm-hmm. It is a bit of a bizarre thing to be in, the, and it's obviously it's not it a British thing. No, no yeah, one. Let's, in no, let's put that out there. No, that is not a British thing. I was wondering. Natalie Portman's vegan as well. True. So, how did they film that bit? Because she she does like. I mean, she doesn't bite. I don't into think the she egg. bites. No, I don't think she does but eat the she, egg, does she? does bite into the toast and that's touching the egg and it's been cooked in the same pan as the egg so yeah maybe it's a fake rubber egg could be or maybe she I feel just like went, actually um, you... maybe she just went full method like uh, Leonardo <laughs> yeah. DiCaprio in The Revenant yeah and just you know took one for the team yeah uh, and ate the egg who maybe. knows because uh, yeah I feel like if you pick that slice of toast up with a with an egg in the middle of it, the egg would just go and just like you would. Yeah. pop straight out of it. You would think back onto so. your plate. So maybe it was just a rubber rubber egg. Possibly. Fake but, egg uh, in a basket. I even tried wicking uh egg in a basket to find out where on earth it came from and <laughs> no one's really quite sure where it no. came from, but I think it is an Americanism. Oh um, right, okay. Another another one. Uh, mm-hmm. In the film, so that yeah, that's a that's weird. That go I tell you what, I do like well. though Deatrix tea and biscuits towards the beginning yeah. of the film. Oh, mm-hmm. that just looks so inviting. <laughs> that it tray does. full of biscuits. Mm-hmm. That's about the best bit of food. Cup of tea, plate full of biscuits. Job yeah. done. Definitely. Just uh, mentioned like Deatrix tea and biscuits, and that mm. brings us to the Mo movie bit. Mm-hmm. I think that it is a Mo movie. Right, yes, I would agree. Because although uh, Evie talks to a colleague or a colleague brings up going to Daddy Dietrich's yes. the previous night, a boss then comes in and mm-hmm. sort of says, oh, what are you doing? I need you to, you know, pull your weight, do your work. So that kind of makes it a more movie. Yes. She also, yeah. she talks to the um, 
uh, the wardrobe mistress as well when the masks turn mm-hmm. up. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, she she talks to her, so um, applying the um, uh, the principle that makes it a more movie. Two women talk to each other about something other than a man. Yeah, um, no so movie. it passes the Bechdel test, mm-hmm. and uh, and also as as we said with with last uh, last month's film, she has a lot of agency in the mm-hmm. film. Yeah, she does. Arguably more in the graphic novel, but we'll come back to that. And the um, the quote, uh, a revolution without dancing isn't a revolution worth having. Apparently that quote is ascribed to uh, an a American 20th century feminist called Emma Goldman. Oh, nice. So, uh, That's so, yes. another great quote. It is, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Delia's character as well, I think, is quite interesting. Because even though she's yeah. obviously one of the bad guys and mm-hmm. uh, gets her comeuppance, she's kind of repentant as well. Yeah. They go a little bit soft on her. Um, or V goes a little bit soft on her. Yeah, he does. Uh, because he, he, he kind of realises, I guess, that she was well-intentioned in a way with the research she was doing, just didn't do it in a very yeah. good way. Sort of, yeah, so... Maybe. Yeah, but I like the fact that she's still a bad guy. Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes if, mm-hmm. if if filmmakers are trying to crowbar in a, a feminist angle, they, they will very mm-hmm. often, you know, put a lot of positive female characters and, you know, uh, they'll, they'll try and balance it out. But I think it's quite nice sometimes to have a, 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 a bad guy mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, a bad lady. A bad lady. Um, because the female characters don't all have to be nice people, do they? Mm-hmm. In order yeah. to um, you know to be valid, so so I quite like Delia's character. So I think yeah, it's definitely too. a more movie, mm-hmm. even though there's there's far more men, far more male characters than female characters. All the female yeah. characters are interesting, aren't they? And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's it. It does represent women in a well, with the exception of Delia, with a, a good positive sort of vibe to it. You definitely, know, Evie Evie's like a lovely human being. And she's just, unfortunately, in a pretty bad bad time in history. And, you know, even even when she sort of goes through that transformation, she's still at the centre of a good person, you know. I don't think she sort of agrees necessarily with V having, like, been going out killing all these people, taking his revenge in that way. Definitely. But she can see what his sort of endgame is with blowing up Parliament. Yeah. Which is why she's still quite happy to do it. <laughs> and also, the, in the film, compared with the graphic novel, Evie's a much stronger character. Mm-hmm. I think she's yeah. a bit older, isn't she? And Yeah, um... yeah. She has more... She kind of has more story about her, doesn't she? Like, she's she's a more well-rounded character. She is, yeah, definitely. In the film. Because in the graphic novel, she's only, like, 16 years old. She is, yeah. Although and she, she seems to she finish the graphic own, novel... About forty two. I know. Not quite <laughs> yeah, she sure. She does how, look like that in what the novel. There, but... <gasps> yeah. Obviously, uh, takes its toll on her. It does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely a more movie. Can you watch it uh-huh. with your mum though? Uh, yeah, you could. I feel like I could watch it with my mum. We would require zero mint balls. Um, True. But I'm not. I'm not entirely certain that she'd enjoy it. No. Like, it's not my mum's sort of film, you know, but it's yeah. watchable with your mother. Yeah, there's a, there, there's some language, mm-hmm. but uh, that's about it, really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, to be fair, I think I've possibly heard worse language from my mum when I took her watching Mission Impossible 4 <laughs> on the IMAX. <laughs> that is true, yeah. I said the life scared out of her. So, yeah, I think my yeah. mum would cope okay with the language in me. That's fair enough. <laughs> uh, what about the soundtrack? Yeah, it's this, uh, the score was arranged by Dario Marinelli, who I didn't realise, but he actually did the the soundtrack for Atonement as well. Oh, he's done, he's done a lot of classical film sort of soundtracks. He did Pride and Prejudice. He's done Darkest Hour soundtrack. But right. Atonement is actually a soundtrack that I go back and listen to. Atonement's sometimes. a great film as well. Yeah, another great film. 
mm. worth a rewatch. So yeah, I I love the music that is created for this film, and obviously, it starts with Tchaikovsky's eighteen twelve, and that's like a nice big yeah. running theme throughout the whole thing. Footnote. There's a great five-minute music video on YouTube by Hakuna Matata, which features the 1812 Overture and an abridged version of the film. If you fancy a rewatch and you're short of time, so yeah, it's a it's a good good soundtrack. I just love the opening of the film where they take 1812 mm-hmm. and put it into like a bit of minor key. Well, they do put it in a minor key, but it's still got the main theme is still being played in the major. Yeah. And then you've got like the big beating drums like the that sound like troops, armies like sort of pounding the pavements and stuff. I think it sets the scene amazing for the film. It does. And like you say, it, it yeah. runs throughout the film, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I believe yeah, that some of the score, when it's written down in musical notation, forms a V. Oh, really? Which is, I suppose, a bit of a gimmick, but... Yeah. There's yeah. lots of Vs throughout the film as well little v's on on walls and in different places as well that you can you can pick up if you're an imdb nerd <laughs> so it's fitting to have some other soundtrack yeah and then it's got some good uh, well it's not got much sort of um in the way of songs in the film has it but no. the few songs that are in there they do seem to play quite a a part you know it's like v's got his jukebox which is not allowed anymore is it you know no it seems like it seems like that's not allowed you get that impression that it's not government approved music you can't listen to it sort of thing um so yeah cry me a river and i found a reason Mm -hmm. on the jukebox are two really gorgeous songs as well so Uh, finch is listening to uh a track called long black train as well in towards the end of the the film so that's kind of foreshadowing yeah. the whole tube train nice uh incident mm-hmm. so yeah it's a good soundtrack it is what else have we got other oh. film references oh go on oh no i was just gonna say uh i also forgot to mention uh your man dario marinelli he won an oscar for atonement soundtrack too. did he really he did we might have he to did. revisit atonement at some point Oh, yeah, I don't know if my heart can take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a few films like that. We, we didn't really say, is this is this rewatchable? Because some films are great, but not rewatchable. Yeah, um, true. But uh, I think this is rewatchable up to a point. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it definitely is for me. Like I said before, you know, if I just see, if I'm channel surfing and looking for something to watch and it just happens to be on, I'll, I'll sit there and watch it from wherever it is. Yeah. It's very rewatchable for me. It is. Like you said, mostly, I think, because of the dialogue. Yeah. And that last scene. And, yeah, the last scene is great. And V's last for all. So, yeah, other film references. I think it's fairly clear that The Matrix is a heavy influence. Mm -hmm. Just uh, a bit. On this. I think my... I I love the fight at the end, but I think Mm -hmm. my favourite little, you know, micro bit is where V walks into the BTN office... And he's got the long black coat and the boots and it's almost shot for shot, like when <laughs> Neo walks in at the end yeah. of the Matrix. It's yeah. great. Yeah, the lobby scene. Exactly. Oh, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I love that. There's, there's, obviously, there's references to 1984 as well, mm-hmm. which John Hurt was also in, but he was on the other side then. He was. He, he was, was on the uh, other side. He was Winston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John Hurt is... Again, I mean... I think we always end up like mentioning these things mm-hmm. on the other films, but he's such a good actor. He's like an amazing actor for being a you know playing a good character. Yes. But boy, oh boy, when he wants to play somebody nasty, it can yeah. be right nasty. Yeah, he's a good baddie. <laughs> he is a good baddie. Yeah, he's just I mean, a very good actor, isn't he? Yeah, like I remember what. Well, I kind of vaguely remember watching for the first time V and. Um, you know, towards the end when Creedy's put him in one of his own black bags and yes. brings him in front of V and executes him and he's like a snivelling, grovelling crybaby. Mm-hmm. You just don't see that, or I didn't see that coming no. from from what had come earlier in the film. But I suppose, like, 
any bullies. That's kind of what they like. They don't like a taste of their own medicine, do they? Definitely. So, yeah. Yeah, and apparently, I think, I think in that scene, that's the only time he blinks in the whole movie. Oh, is it? Yeah, which now oh, I feel like I need yeah. to go back and rewatch it know, again yeah. just to check yeah, yeah, that yeah. fact. Yeah. But yeah, he's, watch that he's, one. he's very good. What mm-hmm. I love as well is um, a, that V is a rewatcher. Yeah. And he turns Evie into a rewatcher <laughs> as well. Yeah. Because he's just got yeah. the Count of Monte Cristo practically on uh, on a loop, hasn't he? And knows it word for word. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. I love the yeah. bit where, yeah, where he's doing and the line. Like you everything. do when, you, when you've seen something quite a number of times and mm-hmm. you sat with someone else and then the and strange like, looks that they give you, like, you've, yeah, you, you probably need to get out more. Yeah. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> I think V gets out quite enough. Uh, <laughs> does quite enough damage. The, the other thing as well, it's not, it's not a reference. Um, it's not something that... Uh, v for Vendetta was influenced by but mm-hmm. something that was probably influenced by V for Vendetta. I don't know if you've seen Money Heist yet on uh, on Netflix. I've still not, no. It's sorry. fabulous. I know I go on about <laughs> it but it's a great series. Um, uh-huh. But all the uh, members of the heist team were red boiler suits and Salvador Dali masks. Ah, uh, okay. Um, and then obviously they've got hostage situation and they put the hostages in the same outfits mm-hmm. so that you can't tell the difference between Tis a clever the, ruse. the bad guys. Yeah, and that kind of... I, I wonder if that was influenced by, by V for Vendetta, by the, you know, the, the yeah. part where, where he goes into the BTN offices and puts masks on, on the people mm-hmm. so that it's difficult to tell the difference. Yeah, that's pretty ingenious. It is, yeah. Oh, actually, no, do you know what? I'm going to have another little nitpick about that scene as well. You've just reminded me. How does he get all those people cable-tied wrists and masks and cloaks on all of them as fast as he does? He's clearly magic. He must be. He Maybe must there's be. more than one of him. <laughs> Maybe. I've never Ooh. considered that possibility. <laughs> that scary thought. <laughs> could, it, um, could it start a franchise? Do we need a prequel or sequel? Uh, do you know what, actually... I could. I'm not saying that I think this should happen, but just going off. Um, <laughs> sorry, so uh, just, Rita's just getting mauled it. by a cat. A hungry cat. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's made me chuckle. <laughs> he does <laughs> that a lot. <laughs> um, I've got off what I was going to say. Oh yeah, Nurse Ratchet. All oh, right, Ra- Ratchet. Uh, so that's just become a series, hasn't it? On it has Netflix. And and it's a series, it's a prequel series that did we ever think we needed? I don't think anyone did. No, don't feel like we did. But I could see them doing something like that with... I'm not saying they would do something like that with V for Vendetta, but if it if if that occurred to somebody, oh, we could make some money from doing this. They well, they've done it with would. Watchmen, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it I could happen. Personally, the, I the don't The only thing that I, I thought might be worthy of a, a, a sequel... Mm-hmm. is, I don't know if you could do this following on from the film, but at the end of the graphic novel, Evie essentially becomes mm. V. Yeah. So maybe, you know, the further exploits of V. It, it could be continued. Yeah. It's funny because it the graphic novel is set up for a sequel, really, isn't it? It's set up like it a is, franchise. Uh, it is. But um, but the film isn't. They were but obviously fairly happen. confident that uh, it wasn't going to get... Uh, a sequel. I suppose it was filmed mm-hmm. in different times, wasn't it? When it wasn't automatic that every every film would potentially become a franchise. Yeah. Maybe we need to see the the, the prequel, which shows V uh, laying all the tracks in the underground. I <laughs> might be a, a bit boring. <laughs> Just two hours <laughs> of construction work. <laughs> Could be like an installation. Oh, why not? Why not? Maybe some people would pay to see that. <laughs> you know, as much as I want to know how he did it, I'm yeah. not that keen. <laughs> it could just be a little DVD extra, if not a, a, a full uh, <laughs> a full film. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So I think Has It Dated and Is It Covid Safe comes under pretty much the same, the same category. The mm-hmm. thing that, that made me chuckle was uh, all the dominoes. I thought that was very locked down. 
That's the kind of thing that someone with far too much time on their hands mm-hmm. uh, would do. Apparently, there were 22,000 dominoes and they took 200 hours to set up. Wow. So, yeah, that clearly only someone who's, who's living alone in, in lockdown uh-huh. would, uh, would have the time to yeah. do that. Please feel free to get in touch and tell us if over the last six, seven months you have done anything quite as bonkers as the domino <laughs> scene to keep yourself It does occupied. seem unnecessary in the film, doesn't it? It does. I know that it happens in the graphic novel, but there's not quite as many dominoes involved. Um, the, the, I'm glad it does happen, though, in the film. It's so impressive to watch. It is. It's really impressive. But it is the work of a genuine madman, really. <laughs> Absolutely. He's got bigger things to, you know... <laughs> to be getting on with <gasps> I know I was thinking when, on a rewatch I was thinking wow like so amongst all the grand plans that he's got going on building train tracks and yeah. you know making his bombs and you know everything else he's up to he still finds time for his hobbies good absolutely. man absolutely yeah good man yeah <laughs> that's the other thing that isn't yeah. made clear in the film as well which is that it's V that um, that blows up Larkhill. Mm-hmm. It's kind of implied, but yeah, it's not spelled out, is it, or even how he manages to do it? No, no, they don't go into detail about it. No, but you do kind of get the gist that it was him. Yes, yeah. I'll tell you what. Um, what freaked me out on a rewatch was uh-huh. when there's an announcement that appears to say there's a yellow COVID curfew. Really? And I thought, yeah. And I thought, did they did they just say a yellow COVID curfew <laughs> over the speakers? And I literally, I, I thought, I'm going to have to go back to the graphic novel and, and look and see what they actually, if that's in there and what they actually mm-hmm. say. But when V appears on the TV screen, yeah, they have a little, um, they have the words running underneath. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a yellow coded curfew. Ah, uh, okay. But... Mm. Obviously, because of the times that we are living in, when you hear it, you just think, oh, my, this is like a 15-year-old film and they knew we were going to be going through a coronavirus crisis. (laughs) Yeah, it really does sound like a yellow COVID curfew. Well, keep my ears open for that. Yeah, it's it's quite freaky. (laughs) Um, Evie's quarantined for a year, um, I've written down. Yeah, she's not allowed to leave the Shadow Gallery, although she... Kind of does, does, doesn't she, in the end. But... Yeah. Which is kind of fitting for now anyway, yeah. People it is. Quarantining, not quarantining. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, there's on. an awful lot of uh, coronavirus references in this film if you want to look <laughs> for is. them. I was just going to say when all the uh, all the people in the V-masks mm. uh, heading towards Parliament, that's, that's pretty COVID safe. Uh, would those masks protect from COVID? I think so. Yeah. They seem pretty... They're fairly comprehensive, aren't they? Yeah. 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 All all the the army guys, however, are letting themselves down. And uh, there are proper masks when it shows you the the detention centre. Mm -hmm. There are actually people wearing the kind of masks that we're a bit more familiar with. Yeah. Um, And then, obviously, you've got the viral outbreak. Yeah. Which we'd probably better not discuss in terms of (laughs) being a government... uh, a government-led initiative. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could not get go into there. all kinds of trouble. But certainly in the film, it has been uh, it has been engineered by a government, hasn't it? The virus. Yeah, talking about all this stuff in five years' time when everything's gone dystopian, we'll be getting black bagged for recording this episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly possible. <laughs> but again, you know, we spoke about it last month, didn't we? With uh, twenty-eight days later, isn't it mm-hmm. funny? You bring to a film whatever's going on with you at the time. Yeah. Don't you? I've seen this film before and, you know, never thought about any of that stuff. Never thought mm-hmm. about whether it's likely that, a, you know, this kind of virus could could uh, could break out and, and cause yeah. political uh, issues. Yeah. But here we are. It certainly packs more of a punch. Yeah, definitely. This year. So, uh, so, yeah, so that's, that, that was V for Vendetta. Yeah, fabulous so, um, film. I feel like yeah, so we did, we did twenty eight days later last last month for Halloween, mm-hmm. which was quite downbeat, grim. grim. Yeah, 
Yeah, you yes. might say. We've done V for Vendetta, which has got some great fight scenes and some great dialogue, but it's still quite dystopian, uh-huh. isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's yeah. it's rewatchable, but it's can be a bit tough as well. Yeah. If it's not your usual sort of film. There's lots of stuff about, you know, the, the, the triumph of the human will over mm-hmm. difficult circumstances, yeah. which is Hope. quite positive. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's still quite dystopian. So mm-hmm. so we thought next month oh, we're going to go we're for gonna something bring the love. <laughs> bright and cheerful and, and Christmassy. Fluffy. Fl- and some would say furry. Furry, yeah. Um, what else? And just just loveliness. We're going to bring the loveliness we next are. month. Yes, yes. Christmas is definitely not cancelled. Uh-uh. We are we are bringing the the Christmas joy uh, yeah. next month with a film that I don't think either of us actually even need to rewatch. In our, I could probably, <laughs> I could talk about this film for about two hours. Should we just roll on to it now? Head. Should we just do it? Just do it now. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but any excuse to rewatch it. So uh, so I'm looking forward yeah. to that. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Um, and again, yeah. Let's let's just leave people uh, in suspense. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Until next time. Stay safe. Stay safe, peeps. Wear your mask. Indeed.